It demands that we tell sinners the whole truth. We will not go quietly into the night. Christian Cornerstone Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of the Cornerstone Podcast, otherwise known as Bible Talk. Um, we're getting into our next chapter. I think we've taken a pause on this um, for a few weeks, um, talking about uh, we're getting in First Corinthians chapter eight. Um, but as a new year approaches, this is the first of the new year. Um, for those of you who are listening to the audio recording, um, I want to encourage you. I want to remind you to check us out on Facebook. There's um, updates of stuff. There's actually more videos that you may not see. Um, in the recording, you may not hear the recording in the announcement, so please uh, feel free to sub- support us by subscribing to our Facebook page, so that way you can get additional updates and resources as far as what's going on within this ministry. There's been some uh, uh, changes, or not necessarily changes, um, but uh, new features, I guess, new options that have come up, um, and we're going to continue to do what we can as time and resources uh, and manpower uh allows. So uh, if you'd like to support us, you can do so a variety of ways, supporting us by subscribing to our Facebook page. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, which which these videos are being archived on. Um, and you can even support us financially um, by uh, supporting us at our Patreon page. You can go get more information for that by going to christiancornerstone.org and going to the support us page to find out more details and how you can help. So uh, there's that, and uh, so there's a lot more information out there. Um, really excited about this new year and what it holds, and I really wish I'm going to put together a video uh, probably in the next few days as far as where we are at uh, as a ministry project and what the goals for, what the accomplishments were for uh, in, within 2020, as well as what the goals are for 2021, um, and how we can better to reach uh, the community, and how we can better um, educate, I guess, so to, to educate the believer to grow, to help them to better understand the scripture so that they can apply it to their lives. These are all the things in which the primary focus of this ministry project. So um, we have that, and you know, you guys can look forward to that. And again, those of you who are listening to the audio format, um, subscribe to us on Facebook. Um, that information will be available um, on Facebook. Uh, and I believe uh, I have to go back and you know uh, double check because I want to make sure the information is there. But I'm also working on um, a short article explaining the current status uh, as well of this ministry. But pretty much the same thing. So. Um, with that being said, you know, let's get into 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, it is important that we remember this. The letter of Corinthians, or letter of 1 Corinthians, which we do know is technically the second. Um, however, we do not have any documents of the first letter for whatever reason, whether it be a lost article or um, it be personalized enough to where the um, the writers, not the writers, the the scholars in which compiled the scriptures may not have deemed it necessary to put in for whatever whatever the reason is. First Corinthians is technically the second, but we, for our sake of understanding and what what knowing what scripture to go to, we want to identify it as First Corinthians, um, and then obviously our Second Corinthians. We want to identify that as well. 
So um, this entire letter is a rebuke. It is, it is a reprimand. It is a, a correction. But it's also done out of love. Um, and I think this is, I mean, this is really, um, not only with our studies, but in the time that I really get to, to meditate on what sort of topics are being discussed within, um, within this letter, um, it's really gained more value. I mean, I'm a man, um, a couple years ago, I personally did a study on Matthew 18, the importance of accountability, the importance of mentorship, the importance of corrections. Um, so this... Uh, and that alone has really brought a lot of meaning to my own life. Um, we all do need corrections. We all do need rebukes. Um, we all do, you know, essentially need to pick our own switch sometimes. Um, it's not always pleasant, but it is always beneficial. It is always helpful for the ongoing growth of our sanctification. So, and this is essentially what's going on here in 1 Corinthians. Paul is, has, has been told, you know, here's some of the issues I've been told about that's going on in your church, and I need to address this. You guys have these. So, we know this because you don't bring things up that's not an issue. Uh, at least, you know, in a letter like this, you know, he's writing to them, he's, he's longing to see them, he loves them. In fact, there's, there's plenty of evidence here with, without, through the text that there is affirmation, you are a people of God. However, like we've already discussed a couple uh, chapters ago, he explains that they're just drinking spiritual milk. They, they have not grown up. They need to grow up. So with this need of growing up, we also have the need to address these issues in which we're not growing. And this is by far, I would say in my personal opinion, out of the letters in which Paul writes... I think this one here is the most beneficial one for spiritual growth because it addresses these very challenging and these hard things that we need to recognize within our own lives. And, and we need to be corrected on this. And, and by correcting these issues within our own life, we continue to uh, grow in this sanctification. Now, I'm actually pulling this up real quick. There was a, um, a quote I recently read um, it was by uh, it's by John MacArthur, and he was talking about the spiritual condition. Um, let me get out of this here. Uh, discard. Okay. Um, I'm looking at an article. I'm actually currently working on uh, typing up right now, and hopefully by the time this this uh, video is published, the article will already be written. Uh, for those of you who are curious about it, by the way, you are a new creation. You know, what a good good way to start off the new year. But this here's the quote. This is a quote from uh, MacArthur. This is in, I think, uh, Remar um, I can't remember what the book. It's in, it's in one of his books. We'll just leave it at that. Um, Spiritual maturity is the process of learning to discern. And not necessarily, or not limited to discerning the Word of God, discerning in truth, but discerning where you as an individual, need to grow, what you need to fix, rather than being stuck in our pride and saying, oh, well, you know, I'm good here, God will forgive me. Um, perhaps, but it's also, you know, if you allow a certain element, a certain sin um, to continue on in your life, that is going to damage your relationship with Christ. Um, it's not going to diminish, it's not going to destroy it completely, but it's going to damage it. 
So, um, and that's something we need to recognize. The reason why we as believers desire to grow, we desire to be purified, we desire to be held accountable, we desire to be free from our sins, is because we want to honor and glorify God. We want to reflect Him as ambassadors, and we want His righteousness to shine through us to the world. So that's, you know, a number of reasons. Now, um, that's really all I have as far as this introduction. Um, but I, this specific passage, um, I've thought about, uh, you know, in the past quite a bit. There's really a lot to this. Um, and one, just in case I don't get time to get to it, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a, um, <clears throat> a minister who, uh, give me one moment here. All right, I had to you know, clear my throat right there. It's actually a benefit that the streaming program I'm using right now, it actually has a pause button. Now with the update, it has a pause button for this recording. So um, I don't necessarily have to just mute myself or cough. It's really wonderful. Anyways, so this, this chapter, um, it, I think there's really a lot to this. And one minister, I remember him uh, explaining that you know, we, we see the, the challenge here, of which we'll discuss here in a bit, is the challenge of who do I love more? Do I love the non-believer? Do I love them more that I'm going to get involved in whatever issue that they're dealing with, or do I love the child of God more that I'm going to stay and, I, and I'm not going and I'm going to abstain from whatever that is? So um, that's uh, the principle essentially in which we're going to be discussing here in this um, the idea of limited grace or um, limited law, I guess. Uh, let's see, well, what do we have here as a title? I forgot. Uh, limitations of Grace. There we go. Okay. I forgot what I titled this as That's because I titled it about 20 minutes ago. Um, so getting into this, if you have your Bibles open, I'm not going to have this on screen um, because I want to encourage you as an individual to get into your Bible and, and to follow along so that you can visualize and see what we're discussing. So in 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, yes, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, we'll just read through the full chapter. There's only 13 verses here. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something and he does not yet know as he ought to know, if, well, let me rephrase that. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to. In other words, what he's saying here, you know so much, but your pride itself is making you arrogant. You're putting that on display rather than knowing when to be humble or when to be quiet or, or when to act or when not to act. So, But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. And John himself alludes to that in his uh, writings, his, his epistles in First, uh, Second, and Third John. Uh, Therefore, as to eating for food offered to idols, we know, as the believer, we know that an idol is no real existence, and that there is no God but one. There's only one God, all these other gods are fake. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, or indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is only one God, the Father, from whom, all, from whom are all things, for whom we exist, and the one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, 
but some, through former association with idols, eat foods in, uh, as really offered to an idol. So what he's saying here is there are some who do not understand this. There's some who do not recognize this. Um, and even so, they continue to eat this food in honor of these idols. And their conscience is weak. It is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off than if we are not to eat. And no better off if we do. But take care that this right, this is, take care that this right of yours uh, does not somehow become a stumbling block for the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if he is, if his conscience is weak, and the to food to eat food offered to idols? So by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brother and wounding their conscience when it is weak. You sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Now, we can gather a lot from this. We today, we don't eat food sacrificed to idols anymore. We, we recognize, um, at least, well, I can't necessarily say that because there are religions out there um, which do. Um, so, but the principle here is more than just eating food. It's more than just eating some bacon when some believers say that we're not, when, when people say, when there's some who say that, you know, we shouldn't eat meat, we shouldn't eat pig because it's unclean. Um, it's, more than, it's more than just that. This, by far, is the greatest example of love. Um, not the greatest, I'm sorry, I can't say the greatest, because we know the greatest example of love is to give one's life up for the sake of a, of a brother. And that is exactly what Christ uh, did. That is the greatest and most powerful form, the, most, the greatest representation of our love for another, is to lay down our life for another's sake. But this here is, is a really, I think this is really something we don't recognize anymore. Um, I remember, you know, trying to bring up this explanation years ago um, uh, in regards to Halloween. My, pers my uh, uh, perspective is that Halloween itself should not be recognized by Christians. Um, it is an unholy, holy day. Um, and, uh, you know, we can say that we're doing it just for fun. Um, you know, because it, you know it's fun for the kids and whatever else you might have. However, if we want to take that same principle, we can also pull out the tarot cards. We can also pull out the Ouija board and say, "Oh, it's only for fun. It's only for make believe." The kids love it. It's just a card game, or it's just a board game. It's more than that, and that's what really concerns me about Hasbro. Um, they've actually turned the Ouija board into a game. Um, it's very very demonic um, and likewise Halloween itself can be portrayed in that way um, now there are some obviously safe alternatives to celebrating the holiday but I don't by any means have any I don't see any goodness um, that can come out of this knowing the history of Halloween and the purposes of the certain traditions in which we uphold throughout the holiday I can't in good conscience say that we should allow our children to participate in such a demonic celebration. Um, there are obviously alternatives in which we can do. Um, I wish we don't actually have this anymore, at least not locally. 
uh, corn maze. I, I did that once when I was when I was a kid years ago. Um, I took my niece to it, and she uh, she was too young to understand how to work a maze. Um, but I allowed her within uh, within the confines of let's not get lost. Um, I allowed her to direct us through the maze. And it was a really fun time. I wish we could actually do it again sometime. Um, so there's stuff like that. You can have dinner and you can um, you know, have a, a farm festival. I don't see any reason why we can't do that. But there are certain things that is attributed to the holiday in which we should completely avoid. On top of that, I also remember a point, um, again, you know, years ago, I had an individual contact me. And they were, at the po at this point in time, I don't know if they are now, I've lost contact with them. Uh, they were also not married to an individual. They were, they were in a relationship with an individual, but they were not married, but they were still living together. So they reached out to me, and they were asking, you know, what's your opinion on this? You know, I talked to this pastor, and he, he shared me his thoughts, and now I want to kind of know yours. And, uh, I mean, I, I have to say that was awesome because the person recognized there was some sort of sin there, but um, was action done? I don't know. But they were asking me, you know, what, what, what do you think about this? What, what do you, is it safe for us to live together in relationship? Is it, or is it, is it, while we are in a relationship, is it safe for us to live together as believers? And um, I have to give a firm, solid, resounding no to that. It is not safe. Now, you as a believer, um, you and who is in that relationship, you might you could be the purest of the pure. You are by definition giving yourselves to Christ, preserving yourselves for marriage. You might not be in the sin, but that's not all that matters. Because while you are in personally good conscience recognizing that it is okay to do these certain things, what you're failing, you know, and, and in some cases, in regards to Halloween, oh, we'll get to that here in a minute, but we can sometimes really get so focused on, I'm doing this for the glory of God, I'm doing this to, to love this individual, to care for this individual, or in regards to, um, regards to Halloween, I'm doing this in order to reach the lost. Uh, you you don't have to take part in the world's traditions or the world's lifestyle in order to reach the lost. We know from uh, Romans that the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is war against God. We cannot serve both, you know, two masters. We will either love money or we will love the mammon or we will love God. There's so much there. I mean, we are called to be divided. We are called to be transformed. We are called to be conformed. We are called not to conform to the ways of the world, but to tra be transformed to the renewing of our mind so that we will be able to know what is good and noble and what the will of God is. I'm actually paraphrasing that. Let me actually go back. I don't, I don't like getting that mix, mixing that up. Let me go back and read that. We all know that. That's in Romans uh, 12, verse 2. Um, let me flip over here. Here we go. Um, let's see here. Uh, verse two begins. Do not be conformed. Uh, do not conform to this world or the patterns of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. That's what uh, Romans 
12.2 tells us. And it is only by being transformed by the renewing of our mind, by taking time in the Word of God, will we know what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. So, we need to be transformed. We need to be different. And this is one of the issues in which the people of Corinth are dealing with. They're eating food. Those who have the knowledge are eating food that is sacrificed to idols. What are they doing? They are participating in the secular traditions. They are participating in the worldly or you know the, the pagan styles. And it is not just a sacrifice. You know, it's not just talking about going to the local Catholic church. Um, that alone, of course, is dangerous as well. Um, but it, the principle here is being conformed to the ways of the world. Now, in this, Paul addresses really the, the mature. He addresses those who are more knowledgeable in the faith, and that they know better. He says, now concerning food offered to idols, in verse 1, it says, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Every, every, every believer possesses knowledge. Um, and even some who are more sanctified, who are more mature in the faith, they possess greater knowledge. But what he says here is that this knowledge itself can puff up. But what's most importantly, it can, it can puff up oneself. But love for another believer, this is what builds them up. This is what encourages them. This is what strengthens them. This is what helps them to mature in the body of Christ. And this is more important of all. If anyone imagines that he knows something, if you know something about the Word of God, and, and, and you know this, this, uh, the benefits to this or the lack thereof, um, but uh, and yet you 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 know this. But if you if you you're allowing that pride to come into the way, and then when a young believer, a young Christian who's just brand new to the faith, what they're doing is they're seeing you take part in that. For an example, Halloween. There was actually a local. Um, um, it's supposed to be. A, it's supposed to be a ministry, a Christian ministry. But I have a hard time identifying that. Um, it's supposed to be a, a Christian ministry in town for youth children. Um, every year they do the Halloween thing um, for you know in order to have fun for the children. And so there's some really scary, uh, you know, a, a demonic. I would say elements, and it's not just, I'm not saying that they're uh, worshiping to idols or, or sacrificing foods to idols, but the, the Halloween uh, theme itself, it, it's really demonic. The, the purpose is to scare, really. I mean, that's the overall theme, darkness. There's nothing good behind it. Anyways, as they, um, I remember trying to address this, and you know, I say, well, you know, according to our understanding, we're, uh, we're going to continue on in this. But there's a danger behind this that was failed to be seen. And that is with 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Because while you might have an understanding, and you might be diving into these things in order to reach the people who are lost, the young believer who sees you, who is supposed to be mature in the faith, they see you diving into this, not fully understanding things yet. So what they see, according to this this. Uh, this verse is, uh, let's see here, um, I want to make sure I have the verse here. Okay, verse 7, we'll start here. It's how, however, not all possess this knowledge. 
some through former association with these idols. So in other words, people who have come out, these young believers who have come out of these pagan lifestyles and this secular lifestyle, the, these pagan rituals, um, they see us taking part in Halloween, or they see us living with our spouse, though we are, you know, we may remain pure, and they see that as being okay. It's okay that I do that. They don't know what goes on behind closed doors. But what they assume is, okay, these two are living together, whatever's going on in there, that's their personal business. But, you know, that's another story. Does that mean that I'm, I, I can have this family relationship with somebody if I'm not married? Does this mean that I can live together or we can perhaps share the same bedroom? I mean, all sorts of things would come up. And, and I mean, they would most likely conclude, okay, well then, yes, I can. You know, the, these people who are mature, you know, this person could be a pastor. They could be a leading minister. They are doing this, but we don't know this as young Christians. They are doing this because they are reaching the lost. They know their limitations. However, the young believer sees this and they're saying, okay, it's okay to claim to be for Christ. And it's also okay to sacrifice foods and give honor to these idols. As long as I still profess that I, were, that I am, you know, Jesus is my main my primary God I worship. I'm, it's okay for me to worship these other gods. That's what the young believer is seeing. And that's how, that's a really the big danger to taking part in things of this world. Now, we know, of course, that there is only one God, but this young believer doesn't. They don't understand these things. They don't know fully the difference between good, right, and wrong. And I think, really, this is kind of a, an echo, I would say, of um, what, what Christ himself is teaching in Matthew 18. That um, Let me actually go to that real quick, because I want to get that uh, passage out for you. Uh, Matthew chapter 18. This is all, The whole entire chapter deals with church discipline, um, reconciling believers, restoring them. All of this is basically the church accountability. And so this is something we need to recognize. Um, okay, so here's what we have in Matthew 18, verse 5. Whoever receives such one such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me, these young who is in, who is in the faith, you know, these newborn believers, whoever causes one of these to sin... If you are the fault of causing somebody to sin, this is what Christ tells us. It would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the sea. And that really kind of shows you the importance of doing anything that we possibly can to prevent these little ones from getting a wrong understanding, a wrong interpretation, and falling into a sin, such as... Um, you know, playing with a Ouija board or, or, or such as living together with somebody that they're not married to. Very important uh, things uh, to consider. And their conscience, as we see here in verse uh, 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, their conscience has been weakened. It has been defiled because of these things, this perception. They think, okay, this is okay. It's okay for me to do these things. And that's the important thing in which Paul is trying to address um, to these people. He says, you know, you guys, you might have knowledge of this, but the young believer does not. So we need to be careful with how we, 
do things in the presence of an individual, or presence of an individual who's younger in the faith. He says in verse 9, but take care of this right of yours, and do not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. So he's essentially, like I said, he's echoing that of Matthew 18, in which Christ is teaching. And I think, honestly, I think it is very possible that some of the things in which Paul was taught, because Paul, in, uh, I believe it's in Galatians, in which he tells us that he spent three years in Arabia learning from Christ. Now, we also know that Christ taught the disciples for three years. So it is very possible, very, very possible, and I, I would say all, probably almost for sure. Now, I, I don't want to be sure 100% on that because I obviously wasn't there. But we see a lot of the teachings in which Paul is emphasizing is you know an echo of what we find in the Gospels. So based on that, I would conclude it is very possible that many of the teachings in which Christ gave to his disciples throughout his three years of ministry that we find in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is also the same teachings in which Christ is giving to... Um, ooh, we don't want to go there. It's also... We don't want to go there either. I'm pressing the wrong button here. Uh, let's go back to the main. There we go. That's better. <laughs> um, it's also the same teachings in which he's giving Paul. And I think Paul himself, with his with the understanding of these teachings, he's applying this to these real-life applications and essentially extending that. And this is the, 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 the importance of having a spiritual mentor. And if you need somebody to help you to grow, to help you to understand the things of the Word of God, it is important for us to reach out to them. Find somebody who's, who's older in the faith, and not necessarily older, but more, um, more understanding with the things of God, and say, hey, you know, there are things in the scriptures that I don't understand. There are things I'm trying to figure out. Can you help me? Can you become my mentor? Can you teach me? It could be a relative. It could be an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, a mother or a father. Um, it could be your pastor, it could be your friend, whoever it is. Look for somebody who is more mature and more understanding in the things of God who can teach you. Um, and I would say, if you are looking for one, I would say you personally reach out to them. Because that's going to show two things. It's going to show, number one, that you trust their teachings. It's going to show that you look up to them. It's going to show that you recognize that they are... Um, in, a, in, a, in a better understanding or a more mature understanding of the things of the Word of God. But also, it's going to show them that, um, that you have the desire, as a young believer who is still trying to figure things out, it is going to show them that you have a personal desire to understand and to grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. So it's very important um, that you, as an individual, reach out to them. Um, and you know, if if you as a if you are you know want to be a mentor of somebody else, or, or you are in the opposite position, and you feel like there's an individual who's young in the faith, do the same thing because it'll show that you have a concern for them and you would like to help them to grow. So um, either way, that's very important. So. Um, we need to be careful not to because we have just because we have these rights just because we have these understandings we need to look out for the little guy we need to make sure that they are growing and if anyone here he says this uh, in verse 10 
if anyone sees you, or if anyone sees you who have knowledge of eating, if you know, if you know that there's only one God, um, but if they, if if you who have knowledge in this eating, if anybody sees you in this temple, he will not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food that is sacrificed to idols. So he's going to see that and he's going to recognize that it's okay to do so. So by your knowledge, your understanding, this weak person who has limited understanding is destroyed. Verse 11. The brother of whom Christ died. You have essentially destroyed a young believer. And again, this goes back to Matthew 18, which tells us that it is better to be cast into the, the, the waters with a millstone wrapped around our neck to drown than it would be to cause an individual to stumble. That doesn't mean that we're always going to be perfect with this, but the, the purpose here is don't intentionally, do not be ignorant to the things of God that you fail to recognize the need to take care of the little guys. Worry about them. Because the relationship and the community of the like-minded believers is very important. So by your knowledge, this person is destroyed. And thus sinning against your brother and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. And therefore, if uh, here's the thing. Here's this. This is the interesting part. This is, I think, really where it wraps up this lesson. In verse 13, he says, Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, this is Paul concluding this, you know, if this is the issue, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a man of God, I've been taught by, by Christ for, for three years in the, in the wilderness of Arabia, or while I was in Arabia, I know these things, I know the rights and wrongs, and I should desire to reflect Christ, much like the other apostles. But yet, knowing the truth, If food, or whatever it is, if partaking in Halloween, um, living with a, uh, a person that you're not married with, or married to, um, or anything else that you can personally think of, to be honest. If any of this that I do, knowing in full knowledge, causes my brother to stumble, if they see me doing this and it causes them to stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. So Paul is willing to sacrifice certain elements of life in order to save the soul of the young believer. Now, does this mean, is Paul saying that I cannot never eat meat? No. Is he saying that if a young believer says that I can't eat meat, then, you know, while I'm at home in the privacy of my own home, I can't, you know, snack on a piece of bacon? No. But as long as you're in the presence of a younger believer, somebody who does not fully understand these things, what he is saying, for their sake, for the sake of building this person up, for the sake of them coming into a spiritual sanctification, and for those who don't know, sanctification is the maturity, the spiritual maturity, the process of that. For the sake of their spiritual growth, it is important that while in their presence, I do not do any of this. And I think, you know, I would say that doesn't mean that you can go, you know, live in a home or, or, or with somebody you're not married to or, or that you can partake in Halloween. But what this does mean is that for the sake of the other, for the sake of the believer, I will discipline myself. I will control myself and I will limit 
certain things in my life that I take part in. If it is a social thing, such as the, such as you know, taking part in Halloween, for example, if it is a social thing, I would rather not do this at all because while this mother might it might be okay from what I'm personally partaking in, there are you know, one, two, four, five, ten other people out there who are younger in the Christian faith who don't know any better, and who see me taking part in this and they think this is affirmation that it's okay. Horror movies, I guess that's another example we could go with. There's a lot today that's demonic, that's focused on the demonic world. Um, horror movies in general, it's all about the gore, it's all about the scare, it's all about um, the murders and the blood and everything that comes with that. If we as believers take part, I personally don't care for them. I think they're overrated. But I think we need to be careful with what we watch as well in television. Because... Likewise, the younger believer can partake in this and they think it's okay. So, we need to be careful. While we don't sacrifice foods to, well, here in America, I would say probably, um, we may not sacrifice foods to idols anymore. We still do partake in the things of the world. And as believers, we are called to be set apart. We are called to be new. We are called to be different. We are called to be holy. But we can't really do that if we're causing the younger generations, the young in the faith, those who have come out of these pagan lifestyles, we can't be good ambassadors to Christ if we continue to take part in the world system. So that is uh, really our lesson for today. And uh, I want to actually close up in prayer. We haven't done this uh, before. Um, I usually uh, do some prayer beforehand, um, you know, as a means of preparation. But I think it's important for us to pray together. Um, one, again, I guess, so for the same thing, to see that you can personally see the importance of prayer um, and the necessity of prayer. But also so that... Um, we can really come together. We can grow together as a community. So um, that's all we have. I want you guys to bow your heads and, and pray with me. Lord, I thank you for this time that we can have in studying your word as we continue through as we continue through your word and, and learning new truths. I, I thank you for this. I thank you for this opportunity that we can grow in our righteousness and our sanctification, that we can become more like you so that we can grow and know what is good, what is perfect, and what your will is. I ask that you be with us, be with those who are listening in on this podcast today, and that be with them in their spiritual growth and their spiritual sanctification, Lord, and encourage them to reach out to somebody who may is more mature to, with them, somebody who they see could be a possible teacher to them, a, a mentor to help them along in the things that you have in store for us. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray all of these things. Amen.
I want to thank you guys uh, for taking part in this study. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, again, any questions, comments, concerns, whatever it is you might have, put them in the comments of these videos. Um, get a hold of us at ChristianCornerstone.org. Uh, or you can also get a hold of us on Facebook. And I'd actually encourage you, Facebook is probably the more primary source at this specific moment in time as far as how you can reach us if you have any questions. So that's all I have for today and until next week. You guys have yourself a very wonderful week, and God bless.